A length away behind those award demon. Londoletti getting up on the fence. Sebenak, he looked the part in the yard. He's burst clear. Nanagui's running on well, but Sebenak is a class animal. Comes home and wins a length and a half, Nanagui. Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got John Walter, the man, the myth, the legend, in studio. Walt, you're free. And we're free. We're free out of the ISO. We missed the COVID. Only poor little half got it, but everyone else is uh, free and clear. He's back. He's back. He's all right. First day of school today. When did everyone else go back? About a week ago or something. He's, we're taking the photos this morning. He's grown an inch since everyone else has already been back. What are you getting into him? Burgers. No, he's just <laughs> sitting in the room, mate, just growing, growing. That was all he was doing. Uh, good to have you back. And DK's uh, fresh out of ISO. He's had a bit of a scare with one of the uh, kids there. So, DK, you're, uh, you're back amongst it. Unbelievable, Scoot. Like uh, seven days basically to the hour. Last week when we were filming the show, the kids, uh, Avery was uh, testing positive on the uh, preschool rat test they give him. So I went straight home from here and into seven days ISO. And first first days out, the visit back to the studio. We are with Nico. But uh, anyway, that was, that was grouse. Locked up seven days at the family. That was beauty. Anyway, anyway at least we're back to winner on the weekend. But how are you, Nico? Nico's down here with me, Scoot. All sweet here. Uh, I just managed to get to the track every day pretty much this week. So that was good. Uh, yesterday at Sandown was a bit of a roller coaster. We got there in the last with uh, Logan Street line along the fence there. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to Saturday. Big day of racing in Sydney and also in Melbourne with uh, the Group 1s. But there's a there's a bit to talk about, isn't there, on this show? Just back to Sandown, one of those torturous things. D, my, 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 my crew, a horse called No Crying, which we went completely broke on a couple of times in Maidens last year. So he came out and pissed in there, of course, in a 64 or 70 or something it's yesterday. One under a strangle. Oh, I just, and then he ended in the San Freeman. Oh, we were overtraining it. We... We learnt we were overtraining it when we were doing our dough on it. They were overtraining it, but that's the that's the caper. That's what we do. But uh, no, Logan Street Line, he knows how to find the line, Nico. I saw him. Savage there for you, Lake. Yeah, he plays smart horse, Logan Street Line. I think he'll get to Saturday grade and probably even better than that. Uh, one of uh, walls in Melbourne that look very progressive. Mm. They seem to be um, – Waller used to have the B and C or C team down here, didn't he? He seems to throw a few, few more nice cattle down here. Yeah, he does, and like a horse like that, I think it's just a, a very easy way to take him through the grades in Melbourne. We have a lot of 64s and 70s at the midweeks, and it just they're easy races to win like that horse has sort of shown, and if you get the luck, um, like he has sort of his last two, uh, very hard to beat. Now, and just on that, um, there's there, obviously there's been a big fallout for a lot of money involved, which a lot of people wouldn't have talked about, is Orb, Orb's Bloodstock took all their horses off Fonk and the Hawks, and have given them to Waller, like huge spenders. So they're they're um, a chain, and they've got a few nice horses. They've got Forged. a one a two million dollar yearling in first start tomorrow night at Mooney Valley, which trialed for the Hawks, and now it's gone to um, gone to uh, Waller. Yeah. So he's got they've got those sort of horses down here. So um, yeah. So uh, anyway, I don't know what there must have been a big stink there, but it wouldn't be hard to fall out with the Hawks, I suppose. <laughs> Any mail there, Walt? I think Orbis is the bigger the drama than Hawks. Hawks is always. You know, not easy to get on with, but they've been through a lot more stables than that. I think they've had them with Guy, they've had them with Cost, they've had them everywhere. And now oh, Waller's got them, and I think he's trained about two winners out of about 40 with them, so he won't last long either, I wouldn't imagine. They'll probably be, uh, <laughs> they'll probably be at the back of Burke soon, those horses. Uh, the, the old high-maintenance owners, eh? It's, uh, it's interesting timing. You guys touched upon it before. It's uh, Group 1 racing at Melbourne this week, and uh, the timing's just impeccable from uh, PVL just to drop the big dance, the news around uh, that new pop-up race where the country comes to the city. I thought uh, we're already doing that with the country championships, but uh, horses that contest one of the 25 country cups are eligible for entry into the $2 million race, over 1600 on Melbourne Cup Day. So it's creating a big stir, and it's probably three or four days after the announcement that Chris Waller wasn't going to uh, target or try not to go in too many country cups races. So the propaganda machine up in New South Wales is absolutely running red hot, Walt, but... Uh, St. Chris, hey? Mate. So it comes out Monday. So he won three country cups last year. Wagga, we'll talk about Port that. Macquarie. Port yes. Macquarie. He won three of them or something. He went to a more than that too. Comes out Monday. Oh, you know, they wouldn't want to see my trucks roll up. <laughs> then they announced the $2 million race that they've got no details for called the Big Dance, but they're going to have a big dance after it because that's what everyone wants. <laughs> they want to have a big dance, apparently. So that's why it's called the big dance. Nothing to do with the race. It's because they're going to have a dance after the race. So that, that was a good one. But then it comes the, the $2 million race for Chris Waller for five-year-olds over 1,800 metres for $2 million. 
and how many of those will will have. So they're not even trying to hide it anymore. It's just it is what it is. It's the it's the the Waller and PBL show, and it's just it's laughable, really. It's just you know, how can you care? You just can't care anymore. Mm, it's uh it's fascinating. We'll have a look at uh, some of the enhancements. There's a uh, tweet from uh, yesterday, and there's uh, a couple of races here that they've uh, fiddled with the prize money, and the spring champion has gone back in date. So that's going to uh, ruffle the feathers of uh, the VRC with their derby. So they're increased the spring champion. $2 million, and they've moved it uh, back. So you'll have to be on a, a week back up if you want to take a spring champion horse to the VRC Derby. It's pretty fine for me in a, in a derby. Like, you know, they see, you see horses back up in the Oaks, you know, two or three days later. I can't see it being any. I actually think it's a positive for the derby. That the derby's become so weak anyway that um, I think you, you're more chance of a horse getting a victory in Sydney and backing up in a derby than you are, you know, not. I don't think it's much different to program. I think it's one of the few things that, I'm not really since I don't think they've done that to really hurt the derby, and I don't think it will hurt the derby. Mm. And there's a couple of other uh, prize money increases the Dulcify, the Gloaming. I think every, I guess, punters like myself uh, would like to see those races sort of like topped up. And then you've got uh, the Wink Stakes and the Silver Eagle. Everyone sort of is getting a, a scoop there of more prize money. But uh, it was an interesting point from uh, from your brother, uh, Nico uh, Trav, uh, sent through a, an interesting tweet, and he said, uh, here's a list of races in New South Wales worth less prize money than the $2 million pop-up announced on the big the big dance and the five diamonds. So the Epsom, still languishing at 1.5, the Tankard 1.5, the Jaw Rider, Millie, the Golden Rose, the million dollars, and the Galaxy 700K. This is your backyard. But you'd say most of them are more than what they should be anyway. And I don't mind that these gimmick races have got silly prize money because it's all about the theatre behind them if they've got good intentions behind them and they make sense things like the country championships mm. i don't care that a, a benchmark 70 horse is racing for two million because they deserve it they create a show they create all this interest for, for so long you know the best horses aren't always the best races are they they don't like you, you get wings versus four camels how exciting is it like it's not really exciting uh country championship things like that are, are really strong um you know, topping up races like the gloaming in that, it, it, to me, it's the horses that get there. We By the time it gets there, you've got two or three horses that can win these races anyway. I don't see really what it's going to achieve throwing millions at races that are already, you know, pretty weak. It's not as if they're you're going to find new horses from somewhere. I don't really I don't really understand it. I, I, and I do agree, Manton, Anthony Manton was one saying it's been a long time since the best horses race for the best prize money a few times there. Mm. And it's true. It's true. And I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I don't mind that, um, you know, creating interest and turnover is what the game should be about. It doesn't have to be the best horses all the time to do that. Mm. What about you, DK? Any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, those races that Trav threw in there were, are all in that window of um, they're in the footy seasons and things like that. So uh, Valandis was saying that the, the biggest wagering race is the Everest, second biggest race of Golden Eagle, and he wants the five diamonds to be the third, and he's – He's sort of saying, and putting those on outside of footy season in the October and November window, um, capturing the market that's racing's time in the sun. He's always been about that, and he thinks that uh, Five Diamonds will be the third biggest wagering event. I hope hope it does. They can charge the corporate bookies more they, um, because they've got a, uh, over a million dollar race on the program, and the uh, the wagering they're, they're sort of ranking the races as far as as how much interest and how much wagering's on it. You know. How much I mean, it's capturing? So I don't, I don't mind that. Um, I know it's the you know the Wallace Show and all that up there, and the Valandis and things like that. But I, you know, it's uh, he, the only thing I see. He, he seems to think he's complimenting the Melbourne Spring, and he just refuses to acknowledge that a couple of those things are dead set attacks on the Melbourne Spring. That's my biggest thing. I asked him about it yesterday. He said, "Oh, this is all complimenting," and dead set, you know, he's just raped and pillaged Stakes Day um, with a couple of the other stuff that they've done down there. So. He's, he's obviously in, in fantasy land with that sort of stuff, but every year, this time of year, there's going to be an announcement and there's going to be the annual, I mean, it was $27 million per, the per annum increase. This is the per annum, so wait for next February. There'll be another announcement. You know, um, he's, well, this worked, this didn't work. We'll try this. We'll throw another million-dollar race there. He's just going to keep doing it. So, you know, as I said, uh, Walt said, you know, it's beyond what would you care anymore. Just play on. The thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is, like, why would you have a race strictly for five-year-olds? Well, that's- I thought that as sorry. Well, I thought that as well. But he said yesterday that they did research the last five years and looked what the field would look like, and he said the field would be fantastic. So I'm only going. Like, I, like, I haven't done that. How's it going to be fantastic? You're going to have four weeks from the Epsom to the race. 
anything from the Cox plate that probably hasn't run well may look at it and think, okay, we can get one here. Anything from Melbourne's going to stay for the Quintala or the McKinnon. Like, where are these horses coming from that are going to run in this race that are actually any good? Waller, I suppose, but... um, but, You're going to have (laughs) Group 3 horses running in it. Like, dead set. It'll be a welter. It'll be all Waller. And what is the worst race to ever be? Like, if he creates the third greatest turnover race out of 12 runners and 10 of them are Waller, (laughs) he's the best I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for the change of tactics of Waller four minutes before the race for that race. That'll be a cracker for the old five diamonds, uh, 10 of the... (laughs) End of the 12, that'll be great. Mm. It seems no, it odd. Doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, we breed two-year-olds and three-year-olds. Like, that's our MO here in Australia. We want to get horses up and running. All of our good two- and three-year-old stallions go to start. Well, he's saying he's, he's using already got the $2 million he, he, invitation. He was saying, we've got, we got, we got the golden eagle to keep the four-year-olds racing. Oh. Now we've got this race to keep the five-year-olds racing to stop them going to start or to Hong Kong and things like that. So he's... Again, he's sort of living in fairyland. He's, he thinks he's, that he's preaching two million dollar race is going to keep him around when they're worth twenty at start. And there's two, yeah, a Waller will have half, and Kira Ma might send four up, and that'll be it. You don't call it the five diamonds; you call it the fifteen Wallers, and that's it. <laughs> that's well, all it is. It's literally this is the number one. I don't know why people the big dance. I mean, so what? Who cares? It's Melbourne Cup Day. Put a big race on. A lot of country clubs have cups on. Whatever. I mean, this this was the number one. Story out of the press release is yeah. five diamonds. Yeah, the big dance. Who cares about that? Like, big deal. Gonna have a party on after the races and have a big race on Melbourne Cup Day. So, what you know, this was the this was the you know, another attack on Stakes Day. I agree, and I think Derby Day was evident last year how how much it's fallen away from the Golden Eagle. Like, you've got the be- best of the best, the cream of the crop, and Derby Day fields are just not what they used to be. There's two it was or three the chances, it was the absolute creme de la creme, and now that there's no crowds there, there's yeah, it's it's a real mess the situation. But uh, there's so much product to bet on, and I just I can't see why you need to throw just copious amounts of money. Like there's just so many other problems with tracks uh, and camera angles. Just so many easy fe- fixes to make the game a lot easier and better for the punter. That are just old problems that just never get fixed. And now like you're starting to see some good form tools or some free, uh, I guess, form guides that are now starting to be paywalled. And now with the with some of the caliber of riders and some of the talent they've recruited to some of these uh, racing websites, you just you're paying overs for absolute rubbish content, and the propaganda machine is just expanding to an online presence that it that it, that it once wasn't was. So it's just going to desanitize the whole thing. For two million, you could put on a hundred double the prize money for a hundred maidens in the country a year, rather than you yeah. know and actually put some money back into those areas, country only maidens, you mm. know, that could actually. People buying new horses every time they're winning maids. That's all you really want is people just to keep turning their money over there. You could, you could launch your own punning form or whatever it is as a as rating as racing New South Wales and actually do something that no one else has done for a couple of million. I'm sure you could get it off the ground. Yeah, you could you could start your own exchange and go against Betfair and lower the commissions and actually have you know full control of integrity in the game. You could do a lot of things With rather than have a dance. <laughs> Like, I remember year four getting pumped up for the dance. <laughs> that was about where it ended. Down you go. Not good. <laughs> I didn't want... The barn dance was where I peaked. <laughs> oh, I don't think... Uh... <laughs> you put your left foot in. That was it. That was it. Oh, uh, dear. All right. Uh... Well, there's going to be, have to be a tip. There's going to be a tipping point somewhere, though. Like, mm. the healing sales. Are... Uh, the tipping, it's come and gone. That's the problem. And no one... No one realises. It's just gone completely out of control. Yielding prices completely out of control. You've got people like Tony McAvoy, who's one of the biggest spenders, coming out and saying we're paying 30% overs. Yeah. And that's before syndicators get hold of it and put another 30 on top. And then and this is to keep up with all these announcements and races and the money's just insane. And who's paying for it? Mm. Breeders aren't. Yeah. yeah. It's the punters. And the trainers. Yeah. I mean, train, trainers are up. Trainers are up. Some trainers are hitting 200 a day now. 200 a day. I mean, BZ, it was a BZ last night. So the horse he's in last month for his his bill he not he owns the whole thing got ten percent or something the bill's ninety two hundred for the month ninety two hundred like bad income like it's just out of control and this COVID like the, the, the COVID's boosted wagering wagering was in decline on racing and it was you know people who were migrating to sports well we're we're thankful that in a way that silver lining it's don't been good for our sport but what's the tipping point like have they got false sense of security? I know they've got war chests and everything for all this cash they've got through the COVID wagering boom, but seriously, I wonder, just wonder what the tipping point is. 
Mm. And what, 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 what actually improves the product? Mm. Is it more product? Is it more prize money? And how? I'd love to know. I'd love to know what the reasoning is that that improves the product. Yeah, midweek fields have mirrored um, Sydney's the last yesterday. Oh, five know. horses, four yeah, horses, well, six horses. Ballarat, Ballarat Tuesday was horrible. Mm. $35,000 meeting with four horses in the first, just shitty races. Having said that, there's, I mean, I, the, I think the prize money balance at the bottom end myself is is okay. I had to study that. I, I, I follow the horses at the bottom end, the maidens. And um, in Victoria, I mean, that, that maiden elite icon won last Friday night. It was $75,000, and 60015 there's multiple $50,000 races with the bonuses. There is a field of dead set picnic horses, picnic horses going round in race two tomorrow at Colac for 35000 You could buy the whole lot and get change if there were seven or eight runners thing? there for $35,000. So, look, it's, um, I, 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 they'll probably follow New South Wales and got an extra 5000 to 40000 maidens. But seriously, if you, I'm like, it's not leading to... You know, if you want to win a race, try and place yours as proper, you win a race, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, the only thing I think of is pop-up races sort of like the All-Star Mile, and I think to myself and I look at the markets and, I, I, you know, there's only probably two or three horses that I like. Why isn't like, – I get drawn to these big handicaps and like the Doncasters, the Epsoms, the Oakley Plates. They're, from a punting perspective, they're the group ones and the feature races that I back multiple horses and my turnover just lifts and goes up through the roof. And I just can't – we just don't seem to be putting enough of those races on and there's not a big enough spread in the weights. So it's insane that the All Star Mile is not a handicap. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. It's not possible actually that it's not. It just, it's not. It doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. Why 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 want to get behind a battling horse, even a horse on the way up if it's gonna meet a top horse at set weights? Exactly. It's insane. Yeah. So and that's that's a massive issue and I think they go they go to a blackout and they're trying to I guess they're fixing the, the voting system and, and that's all working because I think it's it's really hot at the start of the All-Star Mile when they launch it and people start to vote on all these horses that they like. They go into a blackout period where it's a bit of a lull and then for the last week I think they open it back up so you can see and you know which horses are going to be in it. But at the at what, They have discretion though, right, to put horses well, in there's a the few another, of their own? another five wild cards or something. Yeah. Which sort of, but then they can top up. They top, can put in up. very elegant. Yeah. And... Kyber, you've done your, you've done your pick cold. Yeah, well, all these horses, you know, okay, they, they could make a good spectacle at mm. handicap heights. No. They need to, I think, you know, the pat on the back is with New South Wales, they, they need to keep, keep trying things, and I think uh, RV need to do the same thing and keep tinkering because I think when they first released the All-Star Mile, um, I think the Shelley Hancocks of the world sort of half ordered it and we saw absolute camels get in it and they've fixed it. 75,000 to get in the race, right, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I think you need to just keep evolving and tinkering. And then my hat tip to New South Wales is they're trying new things, but I think they just need to get the traditional races and pump them up because that, that was what got me into the game. Mm. It's, and that's why the Melbourne Cup is it's been around forever and it's long-standing. And your father's going to take you to the race and say, hey, this is the Melbourne Cup and this is what it means and I remember this day and that day and you, you have that memory for when you're a kid and or when you went to a derby day and all these big days. But I guess they're trying to do that with the new races, but they're starting from scratch when you've got this pre-existing history. So why wouldn't you just tap into that, mm. lo that love affair that I and you and yeah. DK and everyone over this 35-year-old bracket sort of has? Yeah, like they want the youngest like they get rid of the Stan Fox stakes yesterday to turn it into the calendar presidential stakes. It means nothing to me. Absolutely nothing. It, whereas and we Stan know Fox the guys. An icon in, and, the, and it's a lead up that goes through. It's just now it's, now it's gone. Yeah. I don't really, yeah, I, a lot of the history is going. I thought the greatest announcement they did yesterday was $6 million upgrade to Warwick Farm, which just, you know, you knew Fine they were going to look after Warwick Farm because Inglis is there. So they're always going to try and make it the, one of the premier tracks in Sydney, whether they get rid of Canterbury or whatever, and it needs the $6 million, But it was the best update, you know, yesterday of all of that. And you just thought, well, you know, okay, they spent six well that way and probably spending six on something that does that, whatever. You know, I, I, and they are trying things in New South Wales, absolutely. It's just a lot of it doesn't make sense. And I'd love to know why they think the spend on these things improves the game. Well, you might have to write PVL a letter. Oh, I'd get a response, like, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, we better uh, we better push on with the show. We could be here all day talking about uh, the industry issues and how we uh, we do it better than the the powers that be. But uh, there's a couple of issues. The PRAs need to uh, give a couple of these new startup bookies an absolute clip. I spoke to a couple of pro punters uh, during the week. 
I can't name names. They're written in front of me here. But uh, some of the tactics used to uh, ban and turn off pro punters at the moment by a couple of the pop-up bookies are making life and reputations of other bookmakers that are starting out just absolutely impossible. And uh, we're sponsored by Top Sport, and they give everyone a fair go. And I think you guys should uh, use topsport.com.au. But uh, the PREs need to pull their socks up. And enough's enough with um, these new bookies that are on track that used to say, oh, you know, the corporates don't give us a fair go. They are basically doing the same behaviour and, if not worse, tactics and finding any little loophole to uh, turn customers off. It's Talking uh, about on-course bookies. No, on-course oh. bookies that are now yeah. starting up their own oh, online presence. Someone that, told me there's about 70 at the moment. Proliferation of, absolute proliferation. Well, they've all got them now. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. There's something like 70 online bookies in total soon. There's, yeah. there's more starting up soon, but, yeah, I mean... Um, Massive but, problems. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, in theory, it sounds great, doesn't it? There's 70 online bookies. It's, you know, potentially all those places you can get on your cash, but... Like Scoot's sort of saying, if some of them aren't playing ball, well, then it makes it a bit different. But yeah, and then skirting the rules, and yeah, that's um... one of the boys the other day got one where they said that the minimum bet there, the way that they interpret the rules is they only have to bet one person. Yeah, minimum bet. So yeah. if you've got on, you've got a confirmed ticket. That doesn't mean you've got a confirmed ticket because they may have laid it to Nick two minutes before and hadn't decided to change their price. So now they can void your bet. Yeah, it's uh, oh, stuff really? like that. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and it sounds like it's the same. Same offenders and the people with the bad reputations over and over again. I went to the Betfair event up at the Gold Coast and uh, a bloke come and shook my hand. He said, mate, you guys retweeted something and you got these guys to pay out. I think it was uh, one of Chris Waller's horses up in um, up in Brisbane. And I think they shifted the price from 26 to 15 and rejected the bet. And he said, mate, thanks for doing that. So if you ever get any drama with any of these pop-up startup bookies and a bookie's not giving you a fair go, just tag in Little Birdie TV and um, we'll make sure the world sees their uh, their grubby behaviour. So uh, make sure you send that in. Sorry, Scott. I know we're going to move on, but just quickly, that it's still bullshit that monoliths like Sportsbet and and lab breaks and that have to bet the same rules as Joe Blow down the tote with uh, down on the corner bookie with ten customers or twenty customers, things like that. So that that needs tweaking. But again. Don't put any prizes up and don't be a bookie if you don't want to bet. That's the thing. If you don't want to bet, don't bet. But like, it is a joke that they're at the, the minimum bet laws we've got. And but, the, but the ones who come in to the stupid little rules we've got now have to at least adhere to those. My God. I'm going to push the show along. <laughs> Here we got Nico. Just before Nerd. we move on. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. <laughs> Go away. Oh, we've got the CFO stakes uh, this Saturday and Nico's on fire. He'll look at Caulfield. Snapper reads back with a look at the Hobart Carnival. Uh, it's Friday and Sunday this week, so we've got the Derby tomorrow and then uh, the Hobart Cup on Sunday. It'll be a great time to be down in Tassie, DK. I'm sure uh, you'll uh, leave the kids at home and uh, take uh, Shirley, the missus, down for a little winery tour one time uh, this year. The pad, the Padman's down there. He's down there, so uh, playing golf and barn boogle and all this stuff. Hobart Cups be hard to beat. We need to uh, try and get there. Mug punter, he's uh, off the canvas for no, more no, pain. The no, only way no. to... Uh, Turn it around yeah, is just to keep betting. We've been there, done Malkovich, that last week, some cracking Malkovich. responses. Oh. I, I think we need a cupboard sponsor. We've got Manscaped. We need a cupboard or cabinetry sponsor. And Walt, you can have one. Mug can get one. You can take turns of locking yourselves in and out of it. He needs the Harry Potter one under the <laughs> stairs, I think. He needs that one. Well, he needs a Harry Potter one. Top Sports Steamers, uh, they found Matt Maotai uh, last week. So I think it was about 460 in. It was off the map and duly saluted uh, Casey Fogden. She trains yeah, one. Does she? Two, two she off the map, both two, two, two yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah. What do you think of her as a trainer? Uh, completely legless. But I, I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> she gets obviously, horses. her horses, when she, they go to Sydney, they've, they've grown a leg. But she's, mm. she was always the ultimate trainer you could buy a horse off. And now she's getting a few results. But I believe she's going into Shane McGrath's position there. And someone oh. else might be coming into training. So maybe they're already wow. floating around. Mm. They're, uh, they're very active at the sales. Mm. And, um, yeah, they got a uh, big war chest behind them. Uh, I've been uh, I've been on the wrong leg all week. I can't find my weed whacker up the uh, up the beak, so uh, I'm starting to look like a uh, tab punter. I'm a bit rough around the edges. I haven't got my manscape uh, duties uh, up to scratch, and I think Alana's hidden it or she's using it for something else. I'm not sure where it is, but uh, I've thought I'd put it on the charger, the weed whacker, and now it's just absolutely vamos. I know Isn't one it? thing: DK doesn't have it. Hey, DK's got DK. Well, he's been in ISO for a week. Sure, he's been. Given the man's guy, he looked. He looks clean shaven. He looks good. Oh, I do, yeah, I do, yeah. I had, a, I had a trim up the other yesterday and everything, but uh, no, I don't have a weed whacker yet. I've got to get one of those weed whackers. How'd it go, the manscape, the lawnmower, the shaver, on your face? Yeah, lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
bit hard to beat. Very slick at the moment. <laughs> Have you changed the blades and gone downstairs? Or yes, yes, yes. I'm fucking too old for that stuff. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> All right. If, uh, <laughs> if you want to uh, jump on board Manscaped, you can get twenty percent off. You just type "little birdie" in uh, the promo code area, and you get twenty percent off the product and your shipping. So make sure you check out Manscaped, new sponsor for us. And uh, Walt loves it too. He looks pretty, uh, pretty fresh, uh, freshly shaved here. All right, let's talk about Randwick. Quick one, just uh, nice and quick. Chad, extravagant star. Chad's how's Chad going now? Oh, wow. MF, the MF. What about the MF standing up the Melbourne form? Just too good, too good, far too good. Count the headlights form. Looking pretty good now yeah. for the uh, for the diamond. If anyone took the overs there when we tipped it a few weeks ago. Uh, I was surprised. It was well back too, but it, geez, it went like a rocket. Good speed and nice, strong. And, and if Chad can win on it, it must be a superstar. So um, hopefully they can. Uh, it'll it'll probably have one more run before the slipper or something. But it looks probably the best uh, candidate so far mm. out of the horses up and running. Anyway, Paris Dior's a nice one. They absolutely crunched that. It was just unlimited amounts of money for Paris Dior. Yeah, well, I kept that, shoveling in. That that stable is like the revelation of 2022 so far. Like they're absolutely flying the old Snowdens. Even mm. had the founder winning yesterday at 50s or something. They just all of the horses are improving off their previous preparation, and their two year olds are airborne. Unbelievable! And now uh, the Eskimo Prince Pulali. I think the race has played into his hands. To oh well, yeah. It wouldn't matter who who led in those sort of sections. They would have got home, but um, he absolutely fell apart in the yard. He was out the gate, and, and it was just a good ride and. Controlled and he was allowed to do what he wanted to do and sprinted up, you know, two furlongs and got paid. I watched that replay again this morning, and um, that was very deceiving to the eye. And even Flindell's going, "Oh, they're strung out here," when they were going slow from the eight to the four. Mm. There was there was big gaps in the field. It was really deceiving. And then you look at, you know, how slow they went. A lot of milers in that race, though. A lot of milers that would have, you know, as soon as any sort of sprint went on from wherever they would have just been left. Whereas you know the ones up the front you know, had a little bit of sprint in their legs, but. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it was just a barrier trial for everyone, pretty much. Yeah, I'd be interested in uh, Ranch Hand if he came down to, to Mexico, as the boys call it, and uh, was going to contest like an Australian Guineas. They're going to look down that path because uh, I thought he ran very well first up. But um, yeah, I think Adamo is definitely clear top pick of a lot of those horses going forward. Converge might give him a run in the Hobartville. That might be a race. I think that's next week. So uh, maybe something to preview there. So you've got Silent Impact and Converge going both to that race, which is interesting. And then you've got, I can't, but like you're saying Ranch Hand's going to go to a mile. Seems like that's going to be their their tactic. Um, I think that's what I heard sort of earlier this year, so or early in the uh, the autumn. You don't know with Waller, though, but if he was to come down to, say, CSAs and run in Australian Guineas, I reckon he'd end up being favourite. So uh, if he was my horse, that would definitely be the plan for sure. If it wins a class three over a mile, a class three, not a group three, I'll shave head to toe and run the DKs, mate. It, it is a dead set thousand metre horse. Like, if it didn't run 1200 the other day off a slow tempo. It, it is, if it wins a mile group one, oh, mate, I don't know. You can name it. We will, we will stream that live. I'll the, go. Uh, the, Walt, the Walt shaving down. I might have to get someone else to do it. I'm happy to shave his, his melon, but any, anywhere south of his neck, I don't want to there touch it. There you go. The next, stream, the next stream's organised. Australian Guineas Could day. not win over a mile at Gunnedah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't really drop off either Converge and uh, Ranch Hand. You're going to find the right race for them in the next Converge couple of needs things. a mile. Yeah. Yeah. Ranch Hand. No. They're both going to win races off that. Yeah. The Pallelli form. Uh, not if it goes up in trip, but it, yeah, but that, that form <laughs> will hold up. <laughs> oh, this will be the longest episode in uh, Bet Talk to History. Saturday at Randwick, race one, the Piero Plate, 1,100-metre race for two-year-olds. Uh, I've just jumped off my page there, so uh, a bit slow on the uptake here. But uh, Metalicity, is that how you say it? Metalicity, whatever. Metalicity, Metalicity. Yeah. Uh, coming off a really strong trial, probably two back, a bit quieter, the latest. Uh, $1.85 here. Miss Faberge is uh, $6. Northern Beach is $12. Magic Carpet, $13. Uh, Sandpaper, $13. Mumbai Jewel, $14. And $15. Rise of the Masses, much, much better. The rest and uh, the repo we're going to have a look at here is uh, Rise of the Masses at Kembla. Johnny on the fence in the yellow. This horse reminds me a bit of DK. He's a bit of a dog fighter. He just gets in there and has a go. And I just think, um, you know, Saturday, this is obviously last preparation. He only had the one run. This is a heavy track first start in a race. Horse never really travels. And you can see it looks like it's in Barney Rubble here. But uh, does lift under the pump. And I love that the two-year-old. He's come back and trialled in similar fashion where they sort mm, of... He did, didn't he? They got to him and then he sort of finds and 
never looks in danger late, but they're, they're putting the blinkers on him Saturday, which I think... I think he, need, really yeah, he needs them. Pardon me? Yeah, I think he'd need them. Yeah, he oh, needs, oh, needs the blinkers not, up to this grade, absolutely. His trial, like I was going to add the trial to the show, but mm. he basically did the exact same yeah. thing in the trial as he did under race pressure, so the, the blinkers are a massive tick there. So And blinkers, at this sort of rate, there's not there's not much speed. You got He's drawn wide, which looks perfect for him. Tim goes on him, and this Metallicity, $1.85, two trials, scratched on the 15th of January, then shows up again at the trials 31st of January, mm. and I'd scratched from a race where it was like odds on favourite. Shows up two weeks later, obviously had some sort of setback, and, you know, its trials are all good, strong through the line, but at $1.85 for starting a race, I'd, I'd much rather be on the one that's up front. Gay Waterhouse, showing you what it can do at race day. Trial, well, blinkers mm. on, ready to go. And I thought Mumbai Jewel was the, the knockout that was just a complete forgive, but it finds another awkward draw Saturday. But I thought they were two sort of rise of the masses each way. Looks a much better option for me than Metallicity at 185 mm. with, the, with the boom on it, but question marks. Metallicity, let's have a look at its trial. This is on the 4th of Jan, this one. And uh, you can just see it like peeling uh, to the outside to run down the leader here. But um. He has trialled, as Walt said, uh, since that, and he snuck up on the inside. But I thought this is the one that everyone sort of, I guess... Well, this, is um, the way, this is when he was flying, obviously, and, yeah. and then was accepted on the 15th the 1st there, and then crashed, so... Shifts out across, and he just sort of cruises to the line. Definitely looks a Randwick horse, big, mm. huge stride on him, um, and, and he does. But he gets to the best part of the track there. Yeah. He looks to me like he's sort of, you know, 12, 14, 16 is going to be his go. So, you know, he could be vulnerable first start in a, a race, especially if they got the rail out there Saturday too a little bit. And, um, you know, in those short course races, hopefully they'll be off and gone. Mm. It's a uh, it's a cracking card. It's uh, the Light Fingers. Uh, we've got the Southern Cross Stakes, uh, the Apollo. Um, and the next race that we're going to have a look at is the Triskay Stakes. We, uh, we'll we we'll save Espiona. We won't talk about her. Uh, super obvious, uh, that one at the odds on. But um, the race that we're going to have a look at here is the Triscay Stakes and odds courtesy of Top Sport and we've got Snap Dancers, the early mover, 360-340. It's me after a long layoff. Looked like anything this horse, 480. Promise of success, 480 for two, so 850. $12 Mirror Vision, Baluchi Babe, 14. Wonder Bar, 15. And Vangelic, $18. Now, the replay we're going to have a look at for the Triscay Stakes is Snap Dancer at the Gold Coast Magic Millions. Walt in the uh, yellow colours here. Talk us through this. So the beauty of this horse is that it, it's got the ability to, to get on speed and then it's not a, a flashy turn of sort of foot horse, which shows here. It sort of takes a bit of revving to get through its gears, but once it sort of reaches its top, it, it can maintain that for sort of a, a good three or 400 metres and that's what makes it really well-placed on Saturdays. Hard fit coming off this run back in distance Saturday. Should find a similar position, whether it's outside leader or behind the, the two in front and, you know, building and strong through the line there. I know there's a big pack chasing, but it, it'll be similar on Saturday, I think. A lot of horses that aren't well set up, and this horse should be able to take advantage of that again, similar to what it did on on, on that occasion there. Mm, got J-Mac again, and I think they're a bit, a bit better than uh, 340. Yeah, I, I was a bit, bit crushed when I saw the 340 come up. I thought it was sort of $5 plus, and, and I was very surprised it was favourite. It wasn't favourite over a horse like It's Me, and it, it makes far more sense that it's into favourite against a horse like that who's got queries against it and so do, so do everything else in the race. There's nothing else even remotely close to well set up as this horse and it maps better than everything as well. So it has to be the one to beat for me. It's had a barrier trial, but we haven't seen it's me since the 17th of October in 2020. It's been off the scene longer than you. That's right. And even if you told me it was flying, I still wouldn't mark it favourite. Uh, if, if it had a run back, okay, maybe, but it's, it's, a, it's a big difference of testing any sort of insecurities uh, under race day pressure. Mm. And next best chance? I didn't really. I thought it was a sort of snap dancer, find your, uh, find, find, I couldn't find. Not find your bookie. Well, well, not find your bookie, but <laughs> not find your hooker. It was, a, it was a, <laughs> a snap dancer was clearly the horse to beat and a lot of horses behind were competitive for the next position. Right. Any thoughts from the Melbourne studio, Nico, or anyone? Yeah, Snap Dancer, she's always been one of mine. Um, she was a good win last start. As Walt said, she doesn't have like a dynamic turn of foot, but she just builds into the race. It's me, it's interesting to see how that, oh, I suppose, mare's come back now because she was just sort of dominant winning the, uh, I think she won the country championship final she or did, yeah. one of those, the Kosciuszko she might have won actually. Um, but yeah, she looks like a, a horse with plenty of talent, but um, going to have to face a, a race fit Snap Dancer there. There's some other big, big races on the card. No one's even talked about it, but the Melbourne Cup winner's back. Very elegant. You wouldn't even hear a word of it in the press. 
She runs in the Apollo, which looks a terribly hard race to find a winner. But um, I think it's going to be one of those days, you know, with Metallicity running early in the day, if he comes out and wins, he's right in slipper contention. Um, I think it was going to be a day you're going to learn a lot from that Randwick card sort of in the review for sure. Is there any chance that uh, he's, he's, how old's very early? smashing ranch and as you said she's chasing home affairs here i love this work i love both pieces of work she's had this preparation the blinkers have been on in both pieces of work the blinkers go on for the first time on race day on saturday i think you can make a fair case this horse has definitely improved home affairs trial great i think she trialed every bit as good and if we just keep the vision rolling sort of once they go through the line here she's super strong um sort of past him she goes past him pretty easily. And you look at the horses behind her, four moves ahead. Zaki's in there. I think Law of Indices was also in there. And she's as strong as anything through the line. So, you know, they're proper group one horses. Home Affairs is going to come down here next week and be second, third favourite in a lightning. And she's going around seven bucks in a Kevin Hayes. Her form ones last prep would easily just put her in the race anyway through that Sydney sort of uh, Jamea, you know, that form she sort of had in the light fingers around four moves ahead and those kind of fillies. And then I think she may have even improved off that. With the blinkers going on, you get B Preble, looks like a bit of a set play. Gerald Ryan is a good fresh trainer. I was very surprised she was $7. Uh, I would mark her clear favorite in a race like this. Scorched Earth racing really won, but she won a benchmark uh, 78 the other day. And she's kind of showed herself up already in this grade, sort of early last spring when Heresy ran straight past. So that horse is $10 here. Scorched Earth's around $350. I don't know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but... Mallory, $7. I think that's an outstanding bet. I reckon she runs a place for sure. I reckon she's a massive chance to win at $7. Probably the keenest I'll ever be on a $7 chance. Please. Isn't he confident? He's just pumping the chest out. It's a bit like DK. Could be a moral. Could dead set be a moral. $7 moral. Could be. Does um, Madame Dugast bring any X factor in here? I don't think she's hopeless. don't know if she has the sort of form lines that would suggest he's good enough. I know Elite Icon's no, coming out of that She's race. only won a maiden, but since it geez, did rate well. Oh, it rated well, and she's had that jump out again, went on Monday or something. She's tried again since. Look Against up. a good horse or something. She, she yeah, she beat from Pantheline. I don't know if I could part with my cash at sort of 13s, no, but... Um, it's only a second start of the races. But she's She's got some upside. Argenti is here, who was the boom filly of the spring, um, sort of last time in, and then ha- went a miss. I would say if her jump out, she may potentially need the run. She's... Buy Frankel out of Princess Cope. I think that may run second in a Caulfield Cup. There's every chance this prep she wants 1,600 and even further. So drawn Barrow 14 first up, she's going to have to go right back. I think Mallory just sort of sits 
one out, one back, maybe even closer, get a B Purple Peach, and should be bloody hard to beat. Let's convince me. Seven dollars looks looks oh, a fair price. I love it when anybody has the balls to go Moral. that extra. Yeah, like yeah, that's it. Seven dollars can't be any keener at seven. I like that. <laughs> and he's got Walt's pricing too. He's marked it favourite. That's right. That's right. That's right. No fed sitting. No splitters. <laughs> having a does Walt Walt know, got... Walt know that horse? Mallory, I'd hope so. Yeah, yeah, good or good or had, had not a lot of luck in Sydney. It's been you know in those tough fillies races and always sort of run run well without being a standout. It's a, it's a horse that needs that like if it gets that run one 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 out two back something like that. That's its ideal sort of position. And Gerald first up, I love him travelling and first up too. That he doesn't travel him for a run, so mm. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't ready to to do something. Well, price will be disappearing if everyone's in agreement there. Let's have a look at the Group 1 at CF All Stakes over 1,400 metres, and Cinewan is the favourite here, 440 into $4. With Top Sport, Behemoth uh, beat the Bagman's pin-up horse. This one, 550 Jamie on. I'm Thunderstruck is $6. Nico Noonan's horse, Tafane is $650. Lighthouse, $8. Sierra Sue, $11. Uh, Lightsaber, the only three-year-old there, I think, yeah, $13. And Cascadian, 18 Inspirational Girl is back. $18, and then you've got horses like Wild Planet 21, Just Folk, $91, and Secret Blaze rounds the field out at uh, $91 here. But uh, the replay that Nico wants us to have a look at here is Sinawan behind Mirabi, Australia Stakes, Mooney Valley. Talk us through. Yeah, key lead up. You've got also Lightsaber in this field, who I think will lead the CF4, so different sort of scenario to what he saw there in the Australia Stakes. <clears throat> but Sinawan, really good late here in the blue colours, absolutely charged the line. I think this was not the place to be on the day, sort of in those wider lanes. He's really strong late here. Um, I think this is probably one of the better runs we've seen from him in Australia. He's chasing Mirabi. Look at how strong he is. Sort of late. His work through the line I thought was outstanding. Comes to 1,400 metres second up, one second up last prep. Um, in the Kevin Heffernan track and trip, ran a really good, strong overall time that would put him in contention to win any sort of Group 1, 1,400 metres at Caulfield. And I think there's every chance he may have even improved um, since that preparation. He come back and jumped out. Well, that's a really good first up run. He's had four runs second up. He's won three of them. The other, he ran fourth. Four home two was the winner and was highly spruiked sort of in the spring to come out here and match I'm Thunderstruck in a Golden Eagle. The second horse looked to go okay, and the third horse was stay to rest. So he was in some pretty good sort of company there, and that's the only time he's ever been beat second up. Horse looks like he's absolutely airborne. Uh, had some improvement to come from the yard first up, but um, I think he's going to be thereabouts on Saturday. If Willow can get him to jump a little better from barrier six and he's safe. Well, that's the concern, isn't it? He's got the concern here, but that's, he's, a, he's a run on a horse. There's huge intent, though. I think Willow's you know, similar to like when he rode Behemoth. In his, I think he rode him in the Memsey maybe a few years ago. Everyone was like, oh, how's he going to jump? And then Willow just got him out of the gates and it was game over. I think if he can get him to position midfield, this could be game over. Just uh, him with the run under the belt. I think the, of the last 10 runnings of the or six or seven of them have come through the Australia have, Stakes I to have. win. So yeah. it's obviously the lead up. He's the best run in the lead up and he's just on this upward spiral. I love I'm Thunderstruck. I thought his jump out was okay. It wasn't anything great. Um, drawn barrier 11, he's going to have to go right back. It, at the price, I think you're going to get eight fifty nine bucks. He just absolutely finds the line this horse. It wouldn't shock me if he won just on ability, even if he is there only sort of 85 90% fit compared to a few of the others. But um, Lightsaber is probably the horse that's going to firm in the market, sort of $13 now. He'll jump to the front, probably control the race, three-year-old down in the weight. It's a profile that the syndicates do like to find. So Jeez, um, Moody, give it a good rap yesterday. Yeah. When they asked him about it. He, he said he won a good race, didn't he? He said, has he come on? You know, so I don't, he would have had a lot of improvement. Well, that was the thing. Like, he's not this massive sort of horse, and he had a lot of improvement in the yard out of the Australia Stakes. Like, of all the horses, I think he might improve the most. Mm. And if Moody sort of put a real hard gallop into him and saying he has done that, well, there's every chance he just goes. And he, he knows how to win this race, Moody. You know, Typhoon Tracy. I mean, by caveat one, they were barrier trials, but Typhoon Tracy. Typhoon you know? Tracy. So he knows this race, how to, how to get him up. It's the own lead. Roll back in the Turan Caulfield. It's going to give a hell of a sight. I don't think... Some people saying, oh, maybe that they, they kind of slow up on him. But McDougal on, I can't see there not being intent for lightsaber, like him just grow he's, out at a crawl. Like he's got to lead it he's at, got a, at he's some got a, tempo. Yeah, he does. He does. He's, a, he's a strong one-pacer. He doesn't have much acceleration. So he, he might stop and start or something and, you know, try and make it difficult for the run-ons. But he's got to, he's got to roll. He won't, you can't just sprint home last 500. Yeah, the way I'm seeing the race, I'm going to back lightsaber now and sort of have him on my side. I think Sinawan is a really good bet. I'm keen to nearly max bet him as well, and I'm not going to lose on I'm Thunderstruck. I think Behemoth 
maybe past his best. This is a line in the sand day for Nico. Oh, oh, right. Big time. I didn't like Behemoth's first that <laughs> run. I thought he should have got past Kemal Passer. Thought the map was a little bit sticky here. Could get trapped wide. Tefane never really been a first up sort of um, horse that just fires first up. She's usually better second up. Albeit her first up runs were ever shorter. But um, again, I think she's probably just a, a level below. And I think Sinawan could be, you know, he could come out and win this and be your proper all-star mile favourite. So happy to bet up there. Having something on lightsaber and saving I'm Thunderstruck. I think, I think there's probably only two realistic chances and I'm Thunderstruck is just... Too good a horse not to have on your side at the price you're probably going to get. Gee whiz, I think I'm going to have to send Jamie Carr an excerpt of that last sort of five minutes. I cannot possibly see. If that's if you guys have got lightsaber, if you've mapped him leading, I can't see why Jamie Carr won't kick up from barrier nine, put this horse into the race, and behemoth, it just absolutely eats up. Track, trip. Outside uh, leader. Sit, she, she'll Ride. just sit outside leader. She's come. It's jumping from an 1,100-meter race up to a slow-speed 1,400-meter race. Jamie Carr's just got one option here from Barry Nine. She'll just skirt across. She is no dill. This mm. horse will bully the three-year-old and probably kick its head in. I think Behemoth's... If, Moody, if it wasn't Moody, lightsaber, you'd pen it mm. um, for me, only because it's only class-wise. It's just going to control the race. But like you say, you're going to have a couple of weight for age horses sitting behind it. Mm. And then, yeah, I, I it, to me, it looks like one of those weight for age battle of tactics. But... Um, you guys know these horses better than me, I did. and I think I, I would I would have thought that I'm Thunderstruck's out there for a look. It, yeah, I, I'm Thunderstruck would be absolutely. Like, they were they, the were, they were going to kick 11. him off in the Futurity, and they think he he um, he's, he's going to run. So well, that was the thing with Behemoth. They said well, we're going to run in the Durbridge and go straight to the Futurity, and now they think he's in need of a run, so they've come to the Or. So Is he? yeah, uh, there's there's a bit sort of that can grey you up it's, there, exactly. but Sinawan's the horse that's he's had, been set for the Or. He's had the first up run. He went enormous. I don't know how you can go past him, to be honest. Mm. Can he sprint? Well, I, I nearly felt like when, the, when I saw six dollars about Behemoth, I, I nearly, oh, I got the keys. You got the keys. That's what you want. I went down to the local. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, that just looks the wrong price for me, Behemoth. I think all the like all the big That's models. That's a good race if it's got this many angles. To I it. love it. Well, yeah, well, let's let's start to bet up. I wouldn't mind a bit of a side action with uh, Nico Nernan if he thinks there's not many chances and he thinks Behemoth's pass it. But that said, I will go into Nico's corner once. Once an old horse has had its time in the sun, Nico uh, he's all over them when uh, they've had enough. So he can pen them at the right time. I have I've noticed. Uh, never like the horse, but what's uh, that? I, Behemoth. Never like the horse, but he just that this exactly like you said, eleven to fourteen, sprinting his legs, perfect position in the map in a wait for eight, like you know, race that's just going to be run really tactically. It just sort mm. of it's a D day sort of position for him. If he if he can't win Saturday, he may never win again. You're right. And you have a look at like who. Kayla's ridden it last two times. Craig Williams, Brett Preble, Kayla, and then all of a sudden you got Jay Carr. And mm. just with the, the thing about Jamie is, I think she rode a uh, I think it was one of uh, Gollan's horses in the uh, the Queensland Carnival. Remember when she just nearly knocked them all down in the in the Stradbroke and stuff like that? Mm. She'll just do anything to win. She's so hungry and fearless, and that's mm. why I like her. Yeah, she just doesn't care. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's uh, she's our sort of rider. All right, Nico, we're gonna have to uh, figure out what a side bet is there. I'm pretty bullish on Behemoth, and uh, you're obviously uh, ultra keen on Sinawan and. I can't believe you're going to say that uh, Sinawan's nearly the all-star mile favourite after that. You've uh, you got a picture of I'm Thunderstruck on your dunny door. You've got a little uh, teddy, I'm Thunderstruck, in your bed. You are his Just biggest fan. Wash, wash your mouth out. Just back both. One of them will win the all-star mile. <laughs> Guarantee that. Zaki is coming down, actually. I forgot about Zaki, but I think Sinawan and I'm Thunderstruck are definitely the seat 1A, one, 1B one Melbourne, for sure. Hmm. What did you think of uh, Zaki's? Gallop between races. Gallop? Yeah, no, he galloped nicely. I actually, the one I was interested in, the gallop, was the the horse that Nick mentioned before. Is it, is it called Law of Indices or something like that? It had one that ran in the Golden Eagle first up. Mm-hmm. It's in on Saturday first up, and holy shit, if he pushes the button, James McDonald on Saturday, he could blow their heads off. Mm. Yeah, I thought um, I thought top rank went really good against Zaki. Yeah, no, I don't think those horses are anywhere near. They're you top. Know, even they're just potting around. Mm. All right. Punningform.com.au is uh, the form guide that uh, me, Nico, and DK absolutely love. It's been a game changer for me. You can uh, get a little bit of an angle on their track biases. So they've got all the historical lane data there as well. So make sure you check that out. 297 at punningform.com.au. Uh, we'll take a little bit of a break and uh, we'll get Snapper Reed from Taz Racing talk all things over. 
Talk about to bet doctor behind the curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got Walt in studio here, and he definitely doesn't know anything about Hobart racing or Tasmania. Have you ever been to Tassie, Walt? A few times playing golf, not to go to the Barn Boogle. Just a bit on the trots there a bit. Yeah, been to Barn Boogle, but played a couple of Tasmanian amateurs there back in the day, back in the day when I used to pretend to be uh, not legless. But, um, you know, more golf than racing in Tasmania for me. What do you know about Tasmanian trots, or who do you know? For me to know. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Someone who does know is uh, Matt Snapperidi. He was all over the Elwick Stakes when I absolutely declared it. And uh, we got the chocolate. So make sure you listen carefully here. But Snapper, welcome back to the show. Okay, Scoot. I was 50 50 last time. We got the Elwick Stakes winner. But I'm on track at Elwick now. And Sir Simon, who I tipped in the Summer Cup, just crossed the line a couple of minutes ago. So let's hope we can do better today. Mm. The place would uh, be jumping at the moment. Tourists everywhere. The car rental car companies would just be absolutely uh, pillaging their uh, their customers. But uh, it's a cracking uh, two-day carnival. you got Friday, you have a little bit of a let-up, or you just find a pub tab somewhere in uh, in Hobart, and you nestle in for the Saturday races, the Group 1 racing. And then uh, on Sunday, you've got the Hobart Cup. i tell you what, it's the ultimate lads' trip. Perfect time to visit Tassie. So make sure you get down to uh, Hobart one year and uh, do the double with the uh, the Derby into the Cup. Let's have a look at the uh, the Derby market, courtesy of Top Sport, and this, so this is Friday race six, and the nephew's favourite here at three ten. No surprises, four bucks. Dodgy one named after DK six fifty. Tanaka Sun six fifty. Ashy Boy seven fifty. Alpine Affair nine fifty, and Chinchiro eighteen dollars. Uh, Bond Street Bow nineteen. Metal. That's what I need for dealing with Walters uh, Majors twenty one dollars. And uh, that's the market there. But uh, the lead-up race here that we're going to have a look at is the Launceston Guineas. I tell you what, you would add heart palpitations if you're on Alpine. Wolf fell in at the $1.24 SP. And talk us through this one, Snapper. Yeah, this is the main local lead-up, Scooty. So as you say, Alpine Wolf's gone to the front here. Favourite punters are, are on good terms with themselves. But the one to that horse's outside, Siggy Car riding in the blue and white, no surprises, gives the favourite an almighty scare as they get towards the post. This was basically all the locals getting to 2,100 metres for the first time. Reasonably tight finish there. I think we had a, a couple of lengths separating the first half dozen across the line. So the challenge we've got in the derby, as we always have, is uh, the locals versus the visitors and, and which form's strongest. i tell you what, if you took a dollar twenty-four about that favourite there, you'd be... You, <laughs> Been now, like you said, you would have been. You would have stopped watching it with two hundred to go. Then you would have turned around and had a had a heart palpitation. Yeah. Yeah. So where do we start here? I guess uh, a horse like the nephew probably snap. Yeah. Well, Alpine Wolf's been tipped out. I, I'm tending to work against the locals here, Scoot. Um, as we saw there, it was a, a pretty tight finish. Uh, the second horse in that race SP'd about sixty dollars. Granted, there was a mm. dollar twenty four favourites. So obviously, everything else has to be a bit long, but. I do think that the visitors might be a bit strong in the derby this year. Only one of our locals has actually won a race. So they're essentially a, a group of maiden class one horses. The nephew was pretty impressive on Saturday at Kyneton. Didn't smash the clock by any stretch, but Kyneton's a leader's deck. The nephew looked to have a lot to do and really knuckled down late over 1850. The second horse in that race, Diplomat Jack's a winner of six races. So if you tie that in with what I'm saying around the locals essentially being made in class ones, the nephew coming via a benchmark 70 where he's managed to knock off sort of a seasoned stayer, to me that looks stronger form. I marked him favourite at around about the $3 mark and that's what we're shopping. He's got leading local rider Brendan McCool on and I do think he's hardest to beat. Of the other Victorian trained horses, I thought Dodgy won. Look, Kieran Maher and David Eustace won this race last year with Explosive Jack. I don't think Dodgy won's Explosive Jack by any stretch of the imagination, but they obviously know the type of horses that can be competitive in a race like this. And I thought on that basis alone, we might see a shorter price about Dodgy won. They went very slow at Donald as they did at Kilmore last time. So it's a bit difficult to get a gauge on Dodgy won's staying prowess through his form, but you put a lot of faith in the stable as well as the jock, Johnny Allen. And they're the two I'm centering on, Scoot, the nephew and dodgy one. I suspect I'll back both. If you wanted to back one, it would be dodgy one each way. It's an interesting one, Walt, then you've got 
I guess these young three-year-olds, if they go out and are competitive against older, tougher stayers, are you more inclined to trust massive, that form massive, rather than... Massive, massive, massive. Yeah, massive, massive. Yeah, massive. So, like, you see that race, they're out by more. It's obviously $1.24 off the start before it led dominant, dominant, and looked pretty strong, but they just, some of these horses, you know, it looks like it might be a miler, miler. What is it? Alpine Wolf, Alpine Wolf whatever, stretching to 21. 21. And yeah, just didn't yeah, and they, yeah, yeah, and they just luck a bit. These, these, these guys are sort of having to throw at the stump. So, so, yeah, whereas yeah, and you've measured up with, a, with a, a tough stayer. It's a, it's a huge, huge thing as a three-year-old. Yeah, I would have thought uh, the nephew and Dodgy one of the ways to play it. And I think the market will tell the story. I, uh, you get a massive push from both camps, I think. The pain, pain stable if they like one. Uh, they're usually hammered, and uh, especially Marin mm. Eustace. We've mm. seen like horses like a Totsu and stuff. It doesn't really matter what they've done in the past. They've come from, you know, Donald Maidens or Colac or any any places similar to like DK. We used to do it. They'd come from Stall and all anyway, and then they just go straight to town or their target race, and they'd be off the map. They've got 20 season horses every day that they can roll them around with, mm. measure them up. They don't have to put them in races. They can do whatever they like at home and see what they can do, probably. Mm. So like, he's a little like a, a mini Waller, isn't he? Seema. He is, and especially in this sort of distance range. All right, let's have a look at uh, the other feature on Friday. That's the uh, the Bow Mistress, and Fluorescent Star is the favourite here at three seventy in from four dollars. Award winner seven dollars. Miss Tuppence is seven fifty. Uh, take the seat. You have to read that name carefully. Eight dollars. Uh, Zoo Shine eight dollars. Bonza Board uh, ten dollars, and Boom dot com twelve dollars. The replay we're going to have a look at here, Snapper, is uh, award winner. It's in the uh, the red and white. The Jonathan Munns colours. At uh, Caulfield. Yeah, I wanted to go a, a fair way back here, Scooty, because we actually have a, a scenario where we've got uh, a decent chunk of the field who met each other if it's the race that I'm thinking of, but it might not be. Anyway, award winner and fluorescent star have actually clashed with each other on quite a few occasions if we go back through the prep, and there really hasn't been a lot between them. It, it's come down to sort of luck in running and, and barrier draws and things like that. Uh, award winner, too good on that occasion. Slightly awkward draw for award winner here. And the Bow Mistress, it's uh, it's an interesting race in that you often get uh, fillies and mares coming across to Tassie chasing a bit of black type. Uh, it's generally been a visitor's race. Six of the last seven have been won by horses trained outside of Tassie. And, and this year we've got a highest rated horse, which is Bonds Abroad at 84 so it's a very even bunch i can see why fluorescent star has come up favorite she maps to do no work whatsoever her last two starts she's chased home in the boat who looks to be a pretty progressive type for me though in a race like this i think the 350 is a little bit short and i'll be looking around her for a bit more value I've uh, I've put the wrong replay on there. Sorry, Snapper. Yeah, you uh, you're looking for the uh, award winner knocking off Florescent Star there, and I went to a last start at Caulfield. So uh, apologies to me, but uh, the seven dollars uh, probably looks uh, the better value play. Um, my first look at the race too, but um, yeah, interesting one. Bonds aboard uh, first up, it'd be the runner that I'd be probably keeping safe. Also, what's uh, what's your uh, impression of? the early picture for the Hobart Cup on Sunday. Obviously, uh, some funny platforms and uh, off their lead-up runs, but uh, no real markets up yet. But uh, which way are you leaning in the uh, the Hobart Cup? Yeah, I think it, it could be a, a visitor's race again this year, Scooty. Uh, history is against the toppy. Uh, our local legend, Gigi's Black Flash, is the only horse this century that's carried 59 to win a Hobart Cup. So Ho-Ho Khan has that working against him. Really impressed by the recent runs of uh, Inner Twinkling, particularly last start at Mooney Valley. They broke the track record there for the 2,500. Inner Twinkling was up on the speed, uh, toughed it out late, only went down in a photo. Gets a two and a half kilo swing off Ho-Ho Khan from last time they met at Caulfield. Uh, so of that pair, I'm with Inner Twinkling. I marked Inner Twinkling favourite around about the $4 mark. Uh, I think that's what we're shopping. Certainly, that was the price on all-in markets that I saw. But Walt might be able to fill me in a little bit on Lord Belvedere. Walt, uh, looking back through, I thought now an eight-year-old looks just a, a dour staying type that um, should be plugging away at the end of the race. I think if it's the horse I'm thinking of, like it ran quite well against uh, who's the horse that came up here of Wallace and absolutely gapped him. It came out of the same race. So O'Shea's won the race. Mr. Mm. A, a purple something sector ran second and the thing of Wallace ran third. And I loved that race. Then I thought it was a bit plain again. It's next up. But it, 
I kind of thought it was set up well to do a couple of things in Sydney and hasn't really. So it's dangerous, but it could be, it's one of those sort of could be gone, could be ready to do something possibilities. It's a hard one to line up. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I thought um, I thought Inner Twinkling probably would be the way that I'd go. I think uh, just the way the race might pan out in the Daquan Sweet Junior form. I think there was a bit of a wrap on it. And Jamie Carr, I think it was a pretty uh, close finish there. And the horses like Starcaster and Good Idea. And I think that'd be sort of around the mark here in a Hobart Cup. But um, yeah, interesting uh, interesting little race. And maybe, yeah, the, the locals uh, will be under a fair bit of pressure. Uh, in on Friday and on uh, Sunday, surely Lord Bev would be like going to like it would be D Day. Like it's a huge, huge drop from that Sydney form is pretty mean carrying well everywhere. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Outstanding stuff. All right, Snap. Uh, what's the next feature uh, after Hobart Cup Sunday? What's the racing look like from uh, from now now on in? Uh, so we've got a short turnaround this year, Scooty. Lonnie Cup is on the 23rd of February, so I've only got 10 days between Hobart and Launceston. So there's a $100,000 bonus for a horse that can win Hobart and Lonnie, so something to keep an eye on for whoever does the cross the line first on Sunday. Uh, we've got Tasmanian Oaks on Sunday week, though, before the Launceston Cup, and we've got our Magic Million sales on the Monday as well. So... Uh, you talk about Carnival Scooty that Sunday into the Launceston on Wednesday, a bit of a barn boogle on the Monday or Tuesday, or even over to King Island for a bit of golf. Uh, I'll be looking towards that. But, yeah, it's all happening thick and fast here at Tassie at this time of year. Mm, Got to get... back a winner to get to King Island, surely. It's a bit <laughs> it's a, an upgrade uh, from Barney Boogle, but, but uh, both but, great places. They, you get the carts, though. So I, I did the lads trip to Barn Boogle a couple of years ago. And I think I was a bit lame, and if it's I had to get sweaty feet and blisters by the end of day three, I was cast. Maybe because I was so wayward, and all my shots, I probably walked an extra couple of kilometres. I can't remember if we and, uh, cast or not there. And just sweating all the booze. They got one of the ultimate lad sports bars at uh, Barn Boogle. Uh, we all took a couple of bottles of wine over each, and uh, oh, the pizzas, uh, unreal, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it's a good time. So. Make sure you uh, you book in a lads trip and coincide with either Launceston or Hobart Cup, and it's a beautiful time of year. So I should work for uh, Tourism Tasmania. But uh, head to tasracing.com.au. They've got all the replays and all the info that you need there, and it's um, a great place to start out your betting journey. If uh, you're a pro punter looking for a pool of horses uh, to uh, kick off and uh, keep things nice and simple. Thanks again, Snap, and uh, good luck over the rest of the carnival. Good luck, mate. Thanks, Goody. See you, Walt. Talk soon. All right. Now it's time uh, for Muggs, Morales, is Walt's favourite segment. Walt, just quickly. I've never experienced this live. <laughs> well, it's not live. Muggs pre-record. But um, how much would Mug need to spend? But let's say uh, let's say we flew Mug up for, say, a, a Wednesday through to Saturday uh, one-on-one betting session. How many thousand would Mug have to spend just to sit in your cave and, and just learn how you go about the form? What would it, what would it be worth? 5K, no 10K? There's no price. Can I? Can I? Can we organise this and I'll does pay he, for does it? Does he eat in the dungeon? <laughs> if he ate all meals out and he just sat there, we would be okay. But he'd have to pay by question. <laughs> oh, oh, let's hear what he likes this uh, this Saturday at uh, Randwick. I'm scared. Mugs moral this week. We all know the mug is busted in the chair, but there's only one way to get out of it. It's the tip winners. So this week, the Mugs Moral is race four, number two at Randwick, Capital Rain. It ran very good last start against Silent Impact. Lead got claimed late. It doesn't look like 1,100-metre horse. It looks like a 1,000-metre horse. And one of the pearls I learned from Mark Lambon is 1,000-metre horses for 1,000-metre races. So this horse looks like a 1,000-metre horse. Tyler Schiller on board, barrier eight. It will just jump, lead, then go find your bookie boys. So, the Mugs Moral this week is race four, number two. So, boys, what does the mug say when he finds a winner? Go find your bookie. Good luck. And I'm on holidays for two weeks, but I'll be still sending you the Mugs Moral. Good luck. Mm, interesting there. He's gone for the uh, the Mark Lambourne Pearl, the 1,000-metre island pearl with capital rain, Tyler Schiller. Just hey, told but... me, was that a manly jersey he had on there? No, South. No, it wasn't, was it? I think it was P&O. South. There's no South P&O. I think it was an old I South was jersey, wasn't it? It was manly. No, he's a South man. Like manly us. explains a lot, and the price has just gone up for coming into the dungeon, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, you might need to get your eyes checked. I, I swear to God, that was a South jersey. 
Anyway, it must have been an old training strip or something. Delexo is in the market there. Mabel, Steam Lady, Invincible Kiss. I tell you what, he's just looking. He's trying to pinch here at the two twenty price. That's it. I think, I think he's found the right horse. Portelli keeps finding these races for his horses first up that are really tough. Like he tries to climb Mount Everest with them first up, then seems to be actually placing them a lot better at second, third back. And he was a good effort the other day when he was just run down by Silent Impact. There were a couple other runners that were stiff behind him, but they'd all be favourite here. Uh, should find the front pretty easily. Delexio, by default, may find its back, and that could be its issue because it's not a, it's a tricky beginner, but uh, there's not much speed in this race. Capital Rain backing trip should uh, should control the race and certainly the one to run down, but, yeah, like 225. Well not found. But it is well-placed and hard to beat for sure. Oh, watch it run second. Poor old Margie needs to bounce back. All right, let's have a look at uh, Top Sport Steam as the big bets early at Top Sport. Well, a lot of size of this uh, wager here. Tristan's just laid his back and just put it in the uh, the top draw. Caulfield race seven number three Maliva seven seven thousand at seven fifty against horses like Artorias, Marine One, Ingratiating, Oxley Road. I think Nico was sort of thinking it was maybe an Artorias sort of Oxley Road type Did setup. Clear anything in that race? It was about the only one. Hmm, and Marine One's been an interesting one. New Camp going from Lloyd Kennewell to. Uh, Ma Eustace, and it's Ooh. it would always promise to be a, a horse, but um, it's uh, definitely found its form. But uh, that's a good bet. That's a good bet, and uh, Nico off air said it had no chance. So I tell you what, he's not lacking any confidence at the moment. Our man Nico Noonan. The next bet we've got here is race eight, number four. I am Superman. Smaller wager here, six hundred at thirteen dollars. Have you got to race eight yet? Well, well, it's a, it's a like it's an impossible race, but it's a as you're sort of, sort of saying that that stable. If the horses were going well for that stable three, four, five months ago when they were going through a bit of a lull, mm. I'm expecting them to go to another level this preparation. So that that was one of the horses he was sort of probably not at his top last prep. But you'd expect him to kick off in style. I can't knock it. Thirteen dollars. Yeah, well, horses like think it over very well. Colette, mm, it's uh. It's a tricky target. I, I don't yeah. think the price is going to be fifty. You're going to have a long time to uh, back that horse. I would have thought. Yeah. Doombin race eight number one profit. Uh, this horse can bob up thousand at four forty. Uh, it bobbed up last start. I think. Oh, last start winner, horse, but oh, try and find the horse. <laughs> and if it wins, it wins by short half head or something. It's just a. It's a grinding. Or punish of an animal, or punish of an animal. It's a sort. It's it. You find yourself when you're betting into profit races, you end up going, oh, okay, this is the favourites probably. It's not never going to be profit, and yeah. then you go, oh, this favourite looks vulnerable. Oh, there's a, two or three chances. Mm, don't know what to do with profit, and then it's those races where you've got no idea what to do with it. Yeah. The bobs up and wins. It yeah. is. It is. And then he after Toby lobs, and the thing peels off his back. Yeah, and that's yeah. He just doesn't have something to put a race on. Absolute punish. All right, make uh, make sure you check out uh, LittleBirdie.live if you want any of our subscriptions. You got DK, you got Nico, you got Fletcher, you got the Daily Gas Racing Watch for Walt stuff. Has racing for uh, Snappers tips. He's absolutely dynamite. He's a big punning for man as well. Uh, I think our Discord channel's got all the AFLW products. I think uh, the Rugby League starts soon. You spoke about it before. Manly, Seagulls. It's got to be. South. I saw the All-Star game or whatever. It's not far yeah. away, so yeah, it's starting to kick off. Top rope Tedeschi, he's, uh, he's back. I think his uh, NRL uh, season guide will be out, I think, about next week. So he previews uh, all the teams. So he's been doing that for five years. It's a very popular product, and it's, he, he tips in all the uh, the futures where it's going to go top eight, top six, and he uh, it's one of his one of his uh, best going uh, products, the uh, the season guide. So I think it's like a sort of thirty page bible on the ins and outs and the moves for every side. Too good, hey? He's Too good. he's a freak, but Too I'll tell you what, he's going to hit a, a hurdle. We've got uh, the little birdie uh, Super Bowl party on on Monday, so. You know, uh, I think maybe he's written it and finalised it before I, then. I think so. We yeah. might uh, might kill him on Monday. So little birdie launch party down in Melbourne. So uh, might be a bit slow going for us on Monday, Tuesday next week. Make sure uh, you check out Bet Doctor TV on Twitter. Follow our YouTube channel and uh, get behind our sponsors, Punning for Manscapes and Topsport.com.au. As always, we'll see you next week. Hey.